are now tuned into the Cinema Tribe Daily Movie News Breakdown. What it does, cuz? Alright, second day of the Daily Movie News Breakdowns. Breakdown number one. Okay, we've got Spider-Man news. Everyone loves the MCU. I personally love the MCU. Spider-Man's MCU standalone sequel. I don't know why everyone's been saying Spider-Man Homecoming 2. Why would they call it that? It's gonna be Spider-Man colon something else, as it always has been. So Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man to Spider-Man. Why would it be Spider-Man? It's gonna be Spider-Man like prom or something. It's probably not gonna be Spider-Man prom. It's gonna be like Spider-Man... Well, I don't have... I'm not clever enough to think of anything. Uh, Spider-Man's MCU standalone sequel might have its director, and it's not at all surprising. Homecoming director John Watts is in talk to return. He's in talk with Marvel and Sony to come back as director for the 2019 film. I have two problems with this. One, I mean, I... One, okay, let me preface this. I loved Homecoming. Oh, not words. I loved Homecoming. But I also loved Cop Car, which is a very underrated film John Watts directed before he got the Spidey gig. It's actually how he got it. It's a very good movie. It's got uh, Kevin Bacon, and it tells the story of these two kids who steal a cop car and just how... How it unravels, and it's it's a great great movie, and it's thrilling, and it's it's got a good energy, and it feels super indie, and I love that about it. But I kind of want to see him stretch his directorial muscles. You know what I'm saying? Like he just did a really big workout, and I want to see him stretch before I see him just jump into another workout. And I think doing another small count. What's happening right now? Someone's throwing rocks at my window. I think doing another... Alright, let me finish this real quick. I think doing another very small caliber film of... uh, Very small... uh, Window rock throwing is distracting me. I think doing another small movie like that would do him a lot of good. He's a great director, and I feel like I've seen all he has to offer within the MCU. Uh, Now, give... That's really distracting. Now, give another guy a... No, I think he should give another guy a try. Uh, To... Jesus Christ, that's distracting. Two, I think the energy needs to remain fresh and vibrant, otherwise the culture dies, and bringing back directors only breeds stale energy. It usually takes about three films for a director to feel that, that, um, uh, to feel tired of the franchise. For example, Christopher Nolan with The Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises is still a great movie. Christopher Nolan is not capable of making a bad movie, but he didn't, his energy wasn't as high as it was with Dark Knight. Because he had hit his peak. And Sam Raimi had hit his peak with Spider-Man 2. Uh, so Spider-Man 3, you felt that. Mark Webb is proof that second installments, especially with Spider-Man, can even be a hindrance on that energy. And Mark Webb hit his peak with The Amazing Spider-Man. And I love The Amazing Spider-Man. I don't care what anyone says. And The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was ass. Ultimately, if Watts is up for it, and he has a new and fresh creative vision, then hell yeah. But he already gave us a damn good Spidey flick, and so I think it should be somebody else's turn. I love New Energy, and he brought that with Spider-Man Homecoming. Very good movie. Damn good work there. But now he's old energy, and I ultimately we're going to have to wait to see his creative vision, and then we'll know for sure. But I, I, I'd rather see a new director. You are now tuned into the Cinema Tribe Daily Movie News Breakdown. 
So retirement does not suit this guy. So Steven Soderbergh had retired from directing, but then, I mean, he did low-key remain in the industry in some capacities. He produced the TV show The Nick, uh, and he also was off directing duties on films like Magic Mike XXL and her, both movie, one I don't like, Magic Mike XXL is a detriment to the legacy that is Magic Mike. It is everything people thought Magic Mike was and then were very surprised and happy that it wasn't. Uh, everyone I show Magic Mike is like, oh my god, I thought it was about strippers and I'm like, hey, silly, ninny ass. Uh, but he, he does not know how to retire. That, so, but he had officially retired from directing until he came back to direct Logan Lucky, which looks amazing. It's got Daniel Craig, it's got Channing Tatum. It's coming out later this year. It looks so good. Steven Soderbergh is a genius. He's the man behind films like Magic Mike, like I said, and the movie Side Effects, which also stars Channing Tatum. Damn good movie. And the entire Ocean's Eleven trilogy. And Logan Lucky just looks like the hillbilly version of Ocean's Eleven, if we're being honest. Uh, he's great. I love his use of color and how it affects the themes and tone of the movie. That's always been an amazing thing that he has done as a director. He's super experimental. Uh, I'll get more on that in a second. And his next film looks like nothing but the greatness he's been giving us for years. After Logan Lucky, he's already got another film in the can. He shot his, he shot his next project, Unsane, starring Claire Foy and Juno Temple. Juno Temple will always have a place in my heart because of Killer Joe. She was awesome in that. She was absolutely sensational. She uh, has a, a scene in that that is engraved in my memory. It'll forever fuck me up. Oh my god. But the reason it interests me, uh, this this uh, this movie, Unsane, even though it's got a really dumb title, the reason it interested me is because the film was shot entirely on an iPhone. Which is, isn't the first time this has been done. Sean Baker admittedly did this in 2015 with his film Tangerine, which did very well at Sundance, and I caught it on Netflix. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun. It's very clear that it's shot on an iPhone, though there's certain color correction things and color grading problems with that movie, and there's editing fragments. But outside of that, that movie's a lot of fun. But I think on this caliber, this is crazy. Steven Soderbergh has always loved to push the boundaries of film in small experimental films and then turn around and give us a blockbuster. He's a very, uh, a very director's director in that way, in the way that he can go out and he can make uh, a, a magic mic and then you can see it and it's, it's amazing. And you're like, oh my god, it, Like he has the indie sensibilities behind it, but it's, all for all intents and purposes, a blockbuster. And then he'll turn around and give us movies like, um, whatchamacallit, movies like Full Frontal or Bubble, uh, movies that push the boundaries. Or, and he'll give us movies like Unsane, which uh, just do something different and something he's not sure of. And I think that's... That's amazing. I, I can't say enough good things about this guy's filmography. He is absolutely great. Uh, this is awesome. I think Apple is loving this. Apple is getting so much free advertising from these directors making big movies. It makes me want an iPhone. Like, this is effective advertising. And I, I can't wait for Logan Lucky. You are now tuned into the Cinema Tribe Daily Movie News Breakdown. So the catfish, I should really learn to turn this fan off before I start recording. Catfish directors Henry Juice and Ariel Shulman are in talks 
to direct the Mega Man movie. Uh, so here's the thing. I don't know why I'm talking about this. Maybe it's just so I could use this instrumental. God, that's groovy. But I don't know anything about Mega Man, other than he's a video game, and that'd be hella cool if they got one of those movies right. I didn't see Catfish either, but I heard it was good. <laughs> Mainly, what I'm trying to talk about here... I'm, I just I wanted to let you know that there's a Mega Man movie in the works, and I wanted to let you know that if you saw Catfish, that the directors of that are going to direct it. So, like, if you like both those things, then, like, there you are. Uh, but mainly what I wanted to use this segment to talk about is, why can't we get a good video game movie to save our lives? Why can't we just do that? Uh, can you imagine if an 8-bit video game adaptation was good? That would be so fucking cool. I would love to see a Zelda movie succeed. I mean, uh, or uh, a Sonic the Hedgehog movie succeed, or a Galaga movie succeed, or Asteroids, or something you could do so much. I can literally envision an Asteroids movie right now in my head. Someone give me the budget and I will make that so good. I'll make a freaking franchise out of that movie studios, I promise you that. Pixels is a movie uh, starring Adam Sandler. Uh, it was much better than critics said. And still far worse than fans seem to think it is. Everyone I meet is like, I love Pixels. And I'm like, oh, okay, but other movies exist on the planet. Still, that movie did the 8-bit homage nostalgia thing extremely well. And I think if we just take that tone and we just put that on uh, this new Mega Man movie, which I, I, I imagine is going to be an animation. I honestly didn't do much research because I don't know much about these topics and I just wanted to get to this part. I'm, go I'm gonna check out Catfish, and then I'll let you know, but we need a video game movie that shows that they can be good. And I think I, I found the root of the problem. The root of the problem is that we're trying to adapt these stories verbatim. So we're trying to take the stories within the games, and we're trying to tell them in a narrative way on screen, when they were really just meant to be played. So, of course that's not working. What we need to do is, as, as, as directors, yes, I'm including myself in that, I would honestly love to direct a video game movie. I think I would do very good at that because I understand what the root of this problem is. We need to focus on using characters within the video games to tell a new story, which they kind of tried to do with Assassin's Creed, but still messed it up in some way. I don't know. I didn't see Assassin's Creed, but I, I was told they messed it up. I really shouldn't be commenting on things that I haven't seen, but it's my podcast. Fuck you. Um, using the characters within the story to tell to tell a new story using the themes and motifs of the game. I think that that would literally solve the problem. And honestly, why can't we get it right? You are now tuned into the Cinema Tribe Daily Movie News Breakdown. First of all, I love this title. That's awesome. Let me just say that right out of the gates. The Snowman is such a cool title. The cast here is what really intrigued me, because I heard about this a while ago. I heard that Michael Fassbender was going to just quickly film this in between uh, two other different blockbuster movies. Michael Fassbender and Rebecca Ferguson can really do anything. Rebecca Ferguson was in Mission Impossible, made a huge splash there, and then I believe she was in The Girl on the Train, which wasn't great, but I think she's on the right path. She's got a lot of offers coming in. She's a pretty hot commodity, and Michael Fassbender is one of the most prolific actors working today. So I think these two can really do what they ever, whatever they want, but they chose this. So there has to be a reason, right? But then again, there's a movie called Secret in Their Eyes, which stars Joelle E. Jofer. Uh, 
Just kidding, it's Chiwetel Ejiofor. I know, relax. Uh, and he, at the time, could have done anything he wanted. He still can't. He was a big character in Doctor Strange who was only going to expand. So I think that that was just a fluke. This could easily be a fluke. I'm not saying because big actors are in it that the movie's going to be great, but I'm saying that it's interesting because nobody seems to be mailing it in here. Michael Fassbender looks intense. He looks insane. He looks like he's going in. He looks like he's doing the best he can to give the best performance he can. And Ferguson looks like she's doing the Angelina Jolie, the bone collector, detective from Gone Girl thing, Justice, and I love it. The material here is what worries me because what I'm hearing and as I'm hearing Michael Fassbender deliver these lines I'm like he's doing a very good job making it seem authentic and genuine but I don't I'm not really feeling the material the screenwriting I'm not really feeling the script here the material doesn't seem outside of that of any other mystery flick which isn't an issue for me because I I absolutely adore films like The Bone Collector and Gone Girl but those movies did something different. The Bone Collector was a little bit more generic. Uh, I still love the generic ones. I love Untraceable. Uh, I love the very generic ones. Gone Girl is just in another world. But movies like that, I really love those. And I think that this is going to be a good... I think this has I think this has the potential to be a good version of that. I don't think it's going to be. I can't wait for this one. I'm very excited, Grant. Uh, but, uh, but I do have an issue with this trailer. The end of it feels so spoilery and I, I the trailer started and it had that dumbass jump scare uh, which felt lazy and derivative of all other cliche thriller and horror and anything that has any sort of unnerving tone uh, all those trailers feel the exact same uh, but I, I got to the middle of the trailer and I was like they're gonna fucking spoil something and then I felt it coming it, I expected it but they didn't even have to! That's the thing, is that they had me, they sold me. The quick clips and the fast-paced editing style, it, it, it made the movie look visceral and it made it look crazy. And I was like, oh god, I'm, I'm on board with this. And then it showed me too much information. I was like, you didn't, you could have literally ended the trailer in like, it would have felt cliche, but you could have, spoiling it is a cliche. I don't know, so they're clearly not worried about cliches. But they could have ended it with like the quick, like the quick cuts, and then someone screaming, and then ah, and then it echoes, and then you just see the title. That would have been so cool. But instead, they had disposed of it, and and I, it it shows it shows me that you don't have confidence in your movie, and that you just you just want to get butts in seats, and that you don't give a shit about the movie itself. I hope this is more Gone Girl, less secret in their eyes. I mean, it's it, it's got a great cast, but the question is, can the film deliver? And my bet is going to be no. Like, if we're taking bets today, I'm going to say no. I hope I'm wrong. That said, the film looks gorgeous, and the cast isn't too harsh on the eyes either, so, like, there should be some nice eye candy here. But I think this is going to be good for all... I think this is going to be fun, not good. I think this is going to be fun for all the wrong reasons. Again, I hope I'm wrong.